get your facts straight. That is one big pile of shit. Stop, I'm sick of your bullshit. It's cool, I like it. Ask me if I give a shit. Okay. Those stories are all lies. I think the shit's about to hit the fan. everybody uh, welcome it's another episode of the silver emotion podcast my name is will and uh here uh, with me is me steven <laughs> <laughs> yeah and so today we are uh gonna talk about the 1994 movie uh called drunken master 2 directed by lao Karlung. And uh, uh, I don't know how to. There's a little bit of a story there with the Lao Karlung directing, and because he he left at some point, but mm. I don't know if we want to get into that right away. But uh, anyway, this is the uh, the the s- sort of sequel to <laughs> Drunken Master. <laughs> sort of, yeah. That. Uh guy has the same name right uh, he does he yeah he's playing the same character wong fei hung the Fei-hung. chinese folk hero as i like to call him everybody's favorite chinese folk hero yeah <laughs> but we don't have beggar so anywhere no no he's not here but you do have uh the, the another folk hero uh wong fei hung's dad wong ki ying <laughs> and uh so he's in there and uh yeah, it's a very different movie. It's not really a sequel, but it is a sequel thematically, I suppose. And uh, it's kind of interesting in terms of the industry because Drunken Master 1 is not the first kung fu movie, but it is the movie that popularized kung fu comedies in that time of mm. the classic traditional kung fu movie. And... Drunken Master 2 is one of the last straight-up traditional kung fu movies, like, ever. Hmm. <laughs> um, they just, even in 94, they didn't really make movies like this anymore, where, like, uh, a lot of it, if not all of it, was shot on, like, a backlot set, like the Shaw Brothers movies were. And yeah. it's a very <clears throat> much like an old style of movie in terms of, that era of hong kong yeah and when you said 94 it's just like it just having watched the movie it was yeah like, oh, that feels like maybe 80s or something it feels yeah. a lot older than it is well also because of the uh the beautiful beautiful laser disc print <laughs> that, ah, laser that, disc print that we were watching yeah. yes the the laser the hong kong laser disc is the still currently the best um copy that is in Cantonese, the original Cantonese audio track with English subtitles and 
not cropped in any way. So it's it's the mm-hmm. <laughs> still the gold standard <laughs> for Drunken Master Two if you want all of that combined. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie was released in the U.S. in 2000 to theaters, but it was English dubbed, and they completely uh-huh. redid the soundtrack. So it has a completely different soundtrack that doesn't really go with it. There's a really good video on YouTube or some video site. I don't remember where I saw it. I saw it a while back. Anyway, it compares like this is the fight scene with the U.S. music. This is how it really sounds in the the Cantonese one. And you see like, oh, fuck. (laughs) Like it's not just like, oh, they changed the music. They fucking like altered the flow of the movie Mm. by changing that music. So, yeah, the Laserdisc is still the the top end for, for... hitting it in its primal real state <laughs> there is a u.s blu-ray that obviously looks nicer but uh it's only the english even if it has the cantonese it's the only it's the the english music mm. like there's never been a thing with the real cantonese audio somebody out there has got to uh pull the audio off of this laser disc <laughs> yes and sync it up to the US <laughs> yeah no Blu-ray. people people have done that there's a, a a sort of bootleg a guy that runs a sort of a thing called Hong Kong Rescue where he's mm. he's basically trying to do that and make these uh, super editions of of movies i don't have any of his stuff um, in part because in using the U.S. Blu-ray as a basis, uh, you lose all of the original credits uh, in yeah. the beginning and the end, and so it's still it's all the U.S. credits, and it's it was retitled "The Legend of Drunken Master," and and it's like it has the title in a different place; it's not at the same spot, and. That for me, like, no, I'll just watch this fucking laser. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Like, because honestly, this is how it's always looked for me. I've never seen it oh, look right, any right. better than this. So it doesn't I've, really matter to yeah, you for that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I did see it in the theater when it came out over here. So I did see it look a little better than this <laughs> at some point once. <laughs> but other than that, right. this is it. So, yeah. Hopefully someday. Warner Brothers will get off their ass because they own the movie and they're mm-hmm. the the ones that are stopping. They're controlling it, you know. Like, I don't know. Anyway, gotta get the. This is yeah. Fan hate mail, Adam. Just like we need, we need Drunken Master Two in yeah, its proper know. form, you bastards. I don't know why the fuck they wouldn't put it out, but because yeah. it just seems like, like come on, I don't know. It makes fucking sense. Yeah. But uh, Honestly, anyway, I, I think it is just that they just have not gotten a fan backlash. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that's why the like we we've talked a lot about like anime gets these yeah. super accurate translations yeah, yeah. and all the and because the fans go ape shit when it doesn't happen. And <laughs> yeah, I I mean Hong Kong fans get mad too, but but they like for instance, there's a UK company that's putting out. Jackie Chan movies right now and they put out a police story uh, box set of the first two police story movies and the audio on the first one the Cantonese they said it's Cantonese mono original audio 
And then when it came out, people listened to it and they're like, no, that's the fucking, <laughs> like, the fake stereo that was on the fucking Delta Mac release <laughs> from 1999. <laughs> that's not the actual stereo. Like, you need to get the, the original mono track and it's only available on the Fortune Star DVD from, you know, they fucking go on this whole tirade. But what's great about this company, Eureka, that's putting them out in the UK is that they're actually like, they're listening. <laughs> and so there's like this super fan uh, Hong Kong movie guy that's like working with them and ripping audio from laser discs and all kinds of shit to like make these releases really good. And so they're, they're reissuing a new disc like, okay, we fucked up on the audio. So we're going to put out a, you know, a replacement program to, to make it right or whatever. Oh, so maybe, they can uh, do some justice. They're putting out a whole bunch of stuff. So um, I don't think Drunken Master 2 will be in that lineup because it is Warner Brothers is notorious for controlling their mm. their yeah. properties and not licensing them out to other companies. But anyway. Yeah, maybe it's uh, maybe it's just Warner Brothers being assholes. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> that's them, yeah. They, they also control multiple other Jackie Chan movies that were released in the U.S. Mm. and uh, that are only available in their shitty U.S. edits, uh, unfortunately. And so, like, there, if we ever watch, like, Rumble in the Bronx or anything, I don't know, First Strike or whatever, if we ever watch one of those, it's going to look like shit. <laughs> because <laughs> because it's going to get the proper yeah, original because, version. Yeah, like... If you were on a different podcast, <laughs> you'd watch the U.S. cut, I'm sure, because, you know, people don't care, but or they don't have access to it. But right. I got them all, so. Uh, hey. <laughs> you, you are not willing to live without the... No, no. The proper original cuts. I ain't watching fucking bastardized Drunken Master 2. This is Drunken Master 2. I'm going to watch it how it's always been for me <laughs> when I when I had the... The bootleg VHS <laughs> fucking dubbed off of the Laserdisc. This is how I want to see it. Yeah. So, so unfortunately, most people can't see the movie in its original form, but we did. And uh, in terms of the edits, this movie is only edited a very small amount hmm. in the U.S. release, other than the, the audio, which is a complete fuck over. But uh, they only cut out the end scene in the uh, in the uh, the U.S. cut. I, I guess that kind of makes sense. <laughs> yeah. I, I could see somebody in a movie studio being, "Oh, we got it. No, no, take yeah. that out." Right. <laughs> so they they like, U.S. people thought, "Oh, that's offensive. We can't have that because <laughs> Jackie gets a little uh, brain damage from his industrial alcohol usage." <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> so they cut that out, and and they. I think it ends because uh, the fight ends and he blows the bubbles and then I believe yeah. that he falls and then the next shot is the fucking firecrackers going off and they're taking the picture with the his dad and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. And like I believe the US version, he falls and the credits roll and that's like that's, that's just the it, end yeah. of the movie. They cut out that whole thing at the end. Um, but, it, but I, I don't know. Anyway. I get excited as Drunk Master too. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not quite sure why people would be offended by that. It didn't seem like it was uh, 
stereotyping anything particularly or yeah honestly i don't it was just, i don't really hey, get it either this guy got brain damaged or at least is pretending to be brain damaged right <laughs> leaves that a little open to interpretation i guess yeah yeah i don't know people are fucking i don't know <laughs> people are touchy yeah i don't know why why would they cut that out? Why would they completely change the music and the sound effects? Exactly. And all? Like, there's, there's no reason for any of it anyway. So, well, it just doesn't even make sense from a, a money standpoint. Yeah, like you could have just not done anything and released the movie <laughs> and <laughs> made more money. Like, I, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, it, it, it's kind of baffling, but very strange. But but during that period of Hong Kong movies getting popular and coming to the U.S basically every single one of them was edited in in some way um the john woo movies got over here kill killer and uh, hard boiled they got over here uncut but other than that man i don't know pretty much everything else got fucking butchered yeah <laughs> it's weird why why that happens yeah i don't, I don't know, know. I mean, very strange I kind of get it when anime goes on to you because they're like, oh, we're turning this into a kid's show. We're going to cut out what is yeah, you know, and like not allowed for TV broadcast or whatever. I, I kind of get why that was happening in like the 80s. And yeah, and I can understand but, that. But it's still like... It, frustrating and annoying. Right. But I could see like, oh, there is an actual purpose being achieved. Yes. But changing the music on drunken master i don't know what what your goal is with that right what what are you trying to actually accomplish i i don't know yeah. it's possible that they wanted to remax like because hong kong movies probably now they're they're <laughs> doing like 5.1 sound and stuff but I mean, up until probably the late 90s, they didn't mm -hmm. do shit. It was always like mono or yeah. maybe stereo. So maybe it was like we want to make a 5.1 track and maybe they got to change the music to do that. I don't know. But yeah, if I have some kind of feeling it was just like, oh, this this doesn't uh, meet Western like aesthetics and and people are just gonna yeah. walk out on it because it doesn't uh, have a, the same feel as a hollywood movie so we right. need to give it this hollywood soundtrack to make it feel like a a movie that yeah i don't remember what the score sounded like but i want to say because the score in the real movie is is very chinese right right and like i want to say that it's not <laughs> at all like I don't know that they played everybody was kung fu fighting at the end, but I want to say that they probably did. <laughs> I know at the end of one of the Jackie Chan U.S. releases, they fucking put that. So <laughs> I don't know which one it was. But <laughs> uh, yeah. So <laughs> anyway, Drunken Master 2. Um, so the movie begins with Wong Fei-hung once again mischievous little Wong Fei-hung uh, right. he wants to avoid paying taxes on the ginseng that his father is importing right and uh, so he hides it in the suitcase of a member of the consul Brit British consul or something yeah. of course we get the classic switcheroo where Yes. As a package that looks identical and is a completely different thing inside. Right. And then the, the, the switcheroo happens, 
and uh, this whole thing, the whole movie basically, you know, stems from this one act of Wang Feihung being mischievous and trying to save a few dollars from from the uh, the taxes, and he gets embroiled in this international fucking smuggling scheme and all kinds of shit and he's right gets in trouble (laughs) (laughs) i i I recall like at the beginning of the movie he's doing all this and his dad is just like ah just calm down just take it easy it's fine it's not gonna be a problem and and yeah being like man this guy's like nothing like his dad like it's like completely different person then you meet his mom and he's like oh that's where he gets (laughs) this makes total sense now (laughs) she's great she's great she's uh yeah when when you first meet her she's playing mahjong and uh they have the good switcheroo where it looks like she's doing kung fu and they're playing the Wang Feihung theme song. <laughs> and then it's like, oh shit, she's just playing Mahjong. <laughs> just slams down the tiles. Like, yeah. <laughs> I love the part where where uh, Wang Qiying, his dad, and stuff, they, they all are like, oh shit, they're coming. <laughs> so they all fucking scramble and they're like, Oh, we're just we're just sick. We're just treating the sick people here. <laughs> right. And the the one part where where Jackie is like, "Oh shit, <laughs> these fucking tiles! You gotta like, whose are these?" And she like runs over and grabs it, and they all like go back to <laughs> like in a fucking instant. Uh good stuff yeah. surprised Jackie there he's just sitting there like the hell <laughs> <laughs> like holy shit yeah yeah that's uh, his mom is played by Anita Moy uh, great Hong Kong actress um, she died like a f- I don't know maybe 10 years after this movie oh wow uh, she got cancer or something mm. but uh, she was one of Hong Kong's greatest actresses and comedians, and uh, she was also a singer. And uh, she's in Heroic Trio. She's one of the yeah. the trio. And then you mention her as one of the uh, actors who got name swapped around in Reader Die for the oh yeah yeah characters yeah. in that. Yes, yes. I don't remember what the characters in that that were called, but yeah, there was definitely a, a switcheroo there going with her name. Right, I remember that. Anita King and yes, yes. Maggie Mui. Yeah, yeah, there you go. And then, uh, Michelle, whatever the heck. Oh, I can't remember the last name of Michelle in that series. but Yeah, fuck, I don't know, man. You're doing better than me. <laughs> I guess I could have figured it out because it's the heroic trio names, but right. man. Yeah, so so yeah, she's, she's great. She plays, she's in a few Jackie movies from this era as well. They teamed up... Uh, a number of times to great success um hmm yeah i i if i had any disappointment with the film was that she wasn't kicking more ass yeah she's not in it more yeah i was like oh she's gonna be awesome when she just busts loose i could just tell like right from the start like yeah. oh I, I want her to kick some i know she's gonna do some awesome stuff and <laughs> she has a little bit where it's she had yeah she has that one little fight with lao Karlung at the door yeah that was fun yeah 
That's really good. And she's not a martial artist, but she holds her own. She's does she does really well in in this movie and she's in a couple of other movies like Chrono yeah, Trio and stuff. She's definitely got some good screen presence of just Yeah. taking the scene and like just immediately like, "Oh, this woman's badass." Yeah, <laughs> she's fucking awesome. I love her like I fucking any movies she's in. I mean, it's Hong Kong, so I'll watch <laughs> oh, yeah. pretty much any movie. <laughs> right. But I especially love Anita Moy, and then, like, I try to, like, if I see she's in a movie, I'll be like, oh, shit, I should get that one because she's in it. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, and this is one of her best movies, one of her best roles off of playing off of Jackie and really amping up the comedy of this movie even yeah. more so than Jackie does. Yeah, yeah, she's definitely got a lot of that prankster yeah. crazy going on. <laughs> like I, I, I almost expected like the whole pregnancy to just be a trick too. Just like <laughs> I think it is. Yeah, it's I like, don't. I mean, it never uh, materializes. Yeah, it never. Anything. It never resolves that question. Right. It's like uh, Jackie being brain damaged at the end. Right. Was he faking it just to? get something out of it i kind of had a yeah. feeling that he was faking it yeah but i don't know it's like it never really you know it just ends right there so yeah it's one of those but, grand ambiguous <laughs> endings <laughs> it's up to you to decide i don't think he was faking i think he was really fucked up but that being said wong Hung, one of the greatest folk heroes of all time he definitely went on from that moment in time <laughs> right right <laughs> to become uh the 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 head of pochi lam the 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 little uh i don't know like i don't know what you call it that's their little uh martial arts school slash doctor's office sort of thing mm-hmm. and so uh usually he's he's uh the more evolved sort of righteous character like his dad is in this one Mm. and then the the drunken master movies both of them are like playing with that and i know i mentioned it in the Mm. first one like the the first drunken master was like the first movie to really subvert the wong fei hung legend and then since then there was a ton of them and then this movie is sort of jackie doing it again and in a totally different way than he does right, in the first right. one really this seems like a different time period yeah a little bit there's there's definitely more uh i mean there's trains industrialized at stuff going British on soldiers running around and... right and that's like the time that wong Hung was living oh okay so whatever like... the first one is it's the, it's the first one is more wrong in its time period than <laughs> okay. than this one is. Yeah, because the first one just seemed like, oh, ancient China before yeah. industrial anything. <laughs> and yeah, I don't know that there's <clears throat> any machines or anything in that one. Yeah, I don't recall any, but yeah, I guess there might have just been rural areas at that time period that I'm, true. I'm sure would That's not true. have had any kind of technology going on per right. se, but... Yeah, and he doesn't come into contact with any foreigners or anything in that right. first movie. So, so you could just say, huh, he was yeah. off in... He's in this little village He was in a little farm town that yeah. just didn't get a train going through it. <laughs> <coughs> yeah, well, he's uh, he's usually all amongst the, the Industrial Revolution and all that stuff. Like the, mm-hmm. the Soy Hark 
Once Upon a Time in China, Jet Li series of movies is like it's mm. all up in that sort of foreign culture clashing with Chinese culture and and at what level do we protect our you know Chinese culture and and uh, yeah you see a lot of that sort of stealing of relics that comes mm. up a lot in Chinese movies in general <laughs> but uh, it always it seems to come up whenever Wong Feng is coming up in contact with some uh, some foreign devils the Guaylo. <laughs> <laughs> as they call them uh, in Cantonese so hmm. I don't know where to uh, I don't know it's, uh, got some crazy stunt work that's for sure crazy stunt work and this movie is low-key on the Jackie stunt level of of Jackie stunt work so uh, I look forward to you seeing more of the more crazy Jackie stunt work yeah and I was <laughs> like there's the one where he like hops out of the window yeah onto a roof that is collapsing yeah with like five other people standing on the roof <laughs> I was just like god dang <laughs> yeah yeah and then there's, of course, the scene where he just, like, falls into the flaming pit of charcoal. Right, the fucking, yeah, the f- flaming coals and shit. And yeah, that's all real Jackie, too. Yeah, so it was, That's all him. And I was just thinking, like, oh, man. So that No, that, that shit's actually on fire. That, no, yeah. There's, that's the real deal, yeah. yeah. Jackie didn't fuck around back then. Right. This is, and this is, like... It was... Cause the, and then there's that one guy who's got, like, he just grabs, like, the steel rod from yeah. the fire. And I'm like, oh, shit, they're flinging around, like, this actual, like, boiling hot thing. Because right, it hits yeah. the ground and then fire springs up on <laughs> right. it. Like, that's not just some weird-ass special <laughs> effect. That, that actually lit the freaking thing on fire. Yeah, it's real deal, man. Yeah, this is, this is, yeah, this is the fucking, like, this point in his career, he is Full on top of the the charts, yeah. like he's been a star for many years, and now it is expected of him to fucking <laughs> defy death in every movie, <laughs> and like he's in this cycle of like, okay, I gotta, like, what can I do next? What can I do next in this next movie? How am I gonna wow people? You know, yeah. we gotta move it forward, and uh, and even though this movie is uh, rolls it back a little bit from the the craziness of some of the earlier movies. Um, it's still... It's still doing some crazy <laughs> it's stuff. It's some pretty fucking nut shit, yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> and not even just in the... Uh, just the stunt work and danger of it or whatever, but in just how much... Because there's, there's the one thing where he gets the giant bamboo yeah. pole and it's like splitting and apart. It's all split, yeah. And I'm like... You had to do this in like one take, basically, because yeah, it, you can't just like oh well now it's broken. Well, and I guess you can multiples. get another one, but yeah. then you've got to do that whole scene of it breaking, and the breaking is a part of it, so it has right. to break at a specific point in a specific way. Yeah, so he can tie it off and then use the rope to right, right. shift it around. It's so, like he's doing this in a very controlled manner, and like. 
somebody like had to plan that out and figure that out and then do it like yeah. damn like <laughs> right and it, yeah the it's... just the degree of control over that scene from just a whole filmmaking standpoint to right. make that work the way it does was, yeah and it's seamless shit. yeah it's, yeah it's fucking awesome it's pretty damn impressive to <laughs> pull that off well and yeah how they did it it was like dang yeah it's this movie is pretty fucking amazing <laughs> i mean i don't know how many times i've seen this movie but I could watch it a million times more. Like, it's still amazing every time I see it. It's just, uh, this movie is nuts. <laughs> the choreography in this movie is just outstanding. Yeah, it's just, I, I gotta say, just, I love goofy part of it where just the one, the soldier guy <clears throat> just gets an axe in his back in that one fight. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's just like, oh, I got an axe in my back. I'm gonna go keep kicking. He's still <laughs> got a like, fight. He's still going. Yeah. And that's like, I see this movie as sort of a, um, a love letter to Shaw Brothers and like the classic traditional kung fu movie because they didn't really make movies like this anymore, and they don't now, and they didn't really then, and so it's kind of like one of the last gasps of this little traditional kung fu movie, and uh, the guy who gets the axe, this. In Cheng Che movies, the it's like the last twenty minutes where the guys go into town killing everybody. The hero, like he'll get an axe in his stomach. There's specifically one movie where the guy gets an axe in his stomach. He's still fighting. He doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> He's still going. And so, like, I see that as as a a callback to that sort of thing where they just like fuck it. They just still go. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, that guy is played by Lau Kar Lung, the director of the movie, um, who also was the choreographer. He's uh, the guy that basically uh, all Hong Kong choreography is like built upon his work. <laughs> he is the guy that uh, really shaped the industry more than anybody in terms of choreography. Uh, he worked with another guy in the early early years, and they like they worked on the first movie that had wire work. And so I don't know that they came up with the idea of wire work, but they were the choreographers in the first movie with wire work. Mm -hmm. And then they were hired by Shaw Brothers to then bring that to their studio, and that's how the beginning of the Wuxia movies started at Shaw Brothers. And uh, then he, Lau Kar Lung was, and Teng Cha, the two guys were basically connected to Cheng Che's movies. And they mm -hmm. were like, those three together were basically like the fucking A-team <laughs> for Shaw <laughs> Brothers. And they pushed the genre forward throughout the, all their movies until the mid-70s when Lau Kar Lung broke off and became his own director hmm. and then he once again revitalized the genre and did his own thing and then this movie is one of his i think one of his last directing movies hmm. but he made like 20 30 movies something like that <clears throat> and uh so he's big guy and uh i mentioned that he left this movie at some point right 
and he's a very rigid traditionalist about martial arts movies and the reason why he broke away from Cheng Che was uh, they were making Shaolin Kung Fu movies and uh, Lao Kar Lung is a student of real fucking martial arts like he's a, a one of the greatest martial arts you know like teachers and he had a whole school and he's a real guy he's not just a choreographer and his his uh main style was called hungar it's the same style that wong fei hung uses mm. and his dad lao Karlung's dad was taught by uh lam sai wing i believe i have his name right and that guy was taught by Wang Fei Hung. So his real life uh, kung fu lineage links directly back to Wang Fei Hung, and he wow. he uh, felt like uh, his his goal in being involved in movies was to bring real martial arts to the screen. Hmm. And so when he started doing the Shaolin movies with Cheng Che, that really started to become. Uh, like that was the beginning of real martial arts on screen in kung fu movies in Hong Kong, mid seventies. But Cheng Che, not being a martial artist, was like, oh, we, you know, we can fuck around. We don't have to have like real martial arts in every thing. You know, we want to do this. We want to do that. And Lao Kerlong is like, no, like this is my dream. Fuck, why are you fucking with it now? Like, let me choreograph the way I want to do it. And so they had a falling out, and Shaw Brothers was like, okay, come make your own movies. And so that's he, how he started making his own movies. Hmm. So <clears throat> he's real. He, he wants real martial arts on screen right. at all costs, basically. And so Jackie doesn't really care so much about the real martial arts. He wants to make entertainment. Right. <laughs> He likes martial arts. He uses them, but he wants to use them to make people laugh and have fun. Yes, and he wants to make up his own things in the choreography, and that's part of Jackie's charm right. is the ability to sort of use real objects and use all kinds of shit that's not necessarily real kung fu. Right. And so specifically in the end fight they fucking fought and fought about like we Lao Karlung wanted traditional drunken boxing only. Mm -hmm. Jackie Chan wanted like no the end fight is like partial drunken boxing, but I wanna be Jackie Chan and I wanna like this could be so much more than just drunken boxing. And so Lao Karlung's like, All right, fuck off, I'm gone. <laughs> you direct it. You wanna make it, you direct it, fuck off. <laughs> and so he left and he made his own movie called drunken master three <laughs> and i haven't seen that movie oh. I, it's, i've always wanted to see it mm. haven't seen it yet <clears throat> so he went and directed his own movie drunken master three came out the same year it's relatively forgotten i believe uh, you know mm. it's not a well-known movie i'm i would still be very curious to <laughs> no, see it uh, i'm very curious to see it myself uh it's always been one of those movies i've wanted to see uh but anyway so then jackie chan directed choreographed and uh did basically the whole end part 
mm. where you get more of a Jackie Chan style fight than you had previously in the right, in the right. movie. <clears throat> and so to me, I feel like it's the perfect um it's like the perfect thing that could have happened. <laughs> like you don't want to like Lao Karlung he should be respected and like wow, Jackie, like what an ego. Like you're going to tell Lao Karlung how to fucking make a movie? But in terms of where it sits in Hong Kong uh, cinema, like, and it's like, oh, it's this throwback movie. Like, it's right. an homage to all these Shaw Brothers movies and and Lao Kar Lung, a huge uh, person in making all of those movies, is directing it and, and guiding it. And one of the greatest stars of Shaw Brothers, T. Lung, is playing Wong Fei-hung's dad, sort of like trying to rein in Jackie <laughs> and rein in that Wong Fei-hung spirit. And then by the end of the movie, that Jackie fucking spirit who, uh, like, his drunken master and all that shit changed the industry to the point where it like it moved away from Shaw Brothers and so like that in this movie the end of this fight is Jackie like breaking free and doing his own thing yeah. and it like is this evolution so I see it as this this like kind of a map of like Hong Kong Kung Fu <laughs> like cinema <clears throat> and and so like yeah they they fought but I see it as this like perfect storm like Ah, I love it. <laughs> yeah. And to speak of it, going back to referencing older Shaw Brothers stuff, you yeah. mentioned Sheng Che. And I, yeah, I yeah. noticed, because you've mentioned this so many times in your reviews of stuff, Yeah, but in that final scene, Jackie walks in, he's totally white-dressed. And I yes, was like, oh, yes. shit, he's going to get the hell stabbed out of him, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, no, he, do he doesn't. But, yes, he does come come dressed in the in the white clothing. And uh, yes, so it's... another uh, reference. And <laughs> yeah, I never, call back to the I never older. Thought of that, yeah, but as soon I never as thought of that because up... he didn't get fucking bloody. Yeah, <laughs> like... Jackie movies in general are not bloody. He tries to keep it um, like able for kids to watch. Mm, right. uh, he, he's like he doesn't like to cuss, and he doesn't. Uh, you know, he tries to keep the. The sex sexual content down and always like even in his american movies like he's yeah he tries to to rein it in in that way so yeah no no <laughs> no cheng che level gore in this right in any kind of jackie movie but uh i was like oh man it's jackie gonna just wander around his blood soaked and just <laughs> drooping on the wall <laughs> no he's just gonna get lit on fire <laughs> yeah no yeah he he has he definitely gets uh goes through hell <laughs> but not really bloody hell right right yeah so uh yeah i mean there's a lot of fights in this movie there are I and mean, right the pretty much the first one was just like holy shit where they've got the guy that got shit the, under the, the freaking spear yeah and that's like that's a weapon that you just think of like you need space for that you yes. you cannot use a spear when there's freaking like two feet of movement room and right 
I, I was wrong. <laughs> yeah. In the hands of Lafcar Lung, anything is possible. Yeah. It's just like, <laughs> God damn. They're just like crouched down under the train and then under whatever building thing they were. Yeah, they there was like the, the, the underneath the, the platform or yeah, whatever. Yeah, wherever the, they were under there. Yeah. Where it was like just freaking wooden framework all around them. And right. Not a lot of... of ways to move around and you know and certainly you gotta, not to swing a spear around right and stuff right. it's just like holy crap what the hell like yeah that is a great i love that fight i mean yeah, i could say was... that about any fight in this movie but <laughs> true but uh that that one was particularly yeah that's a good just, one just because a it was the first one and yeah and b was just taking just this complete situation that was just like you normally would not think it could work and yeah yeah and i mean jackie's like rolling around and doing all kinds of like dodges out of it and and just all kinds of shit and then he gets the sword and now there's a sword and a spear underneath the fucking train (laughs) you know it's just like evolving constantly right i love it that whole fight was just a kind of mesmerizing and yeah yeah it's kind of like (laughs) <laughs> it, it was kind of because, like, I was sitting there thinking about the whole, like, oh, it's the switcheroo thing, and it's this, you know, chase around, oh, there's going to be people after him for this, yeah. this thing that he's got and doesn't know he has, and right, it's right. going to, and I'm just kind of like, my mind is just kind of rolling through this plot, and then at some point I was like, holy shit, there's a, sp- what, what, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, my mind was just, like, caught up in the story, just, right. like, putting the pieces together on that and thinking about it. And then at some point I realized like, wait a minute, this guy's got a spear and he's swinging around under a freaking train. What the hell? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And like the, the story doesn't really go as you might think it would go. No, it doesn't. In terms of like traditional switcheroo plot or whatever. Right. I was kind of like, Oh, at first I was kind of a little disappointed. I was like, Oh, it's just going to be this, witcheroo thing it does seem that way at the beginning in yeah. a bunch of different things and now oh, it's just this premise and eh, and then it just kind of goes off on its own right kind of not that it forgets about that but that no it, i mean it clears it all up pretty much right you never actually see uh jackie or his dad get the ginseng back <laughs> but uh it's implied that they have yeah, at that point, the ginseng is not you know. the issue. It's right, <laughs> right. The switcheroo has has lost its impact at that point, and now you're focused on... Yeah, it's more about the uh, the jade thing that he yeah, gets instead. The emperor's seal, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I always kind of saw it as like, oh, the ginseng was just kind of irrelevant. Yeah. It, it wasn't the thing that mattered. It was... It's definitely not the thing that mattered. In fact, it mattered more than I thought it would. I thought it was just going to, like, just, <laughs> oh... He got our ginseng. Oh well, what's this freaking r- statue, rock, whatever yeah. thing? And then everybody wants that and be a whole big brawl over that. But right, and even that specific, like, that's a big item in the the scheme of things. But even like that isn't that important overall. It becomes about right. more about like these people that did steal the the jade seal and were con- uh, transporting it like they're doing so much more than just right, that. right. it's it's just one piece of right. everything there it's it's the piece of evidence that winds up leading them to find out yes there's a whole ship of 
ton of stuff going on here. This yeah. is just one thing. Yeah, and that's what I like about the way that this movie is structured, where it's like, it's not traditional in that way, where it just, it always is evolving into something new that totally makes sense. Right, it never feels like, like it's going somewhere totally random. It always is building off of yeah uh, what's going on. Yeah, but it builds instead of, like, because you could do the switcheroo and have fights and all that stuff, and then it's just like, they switch their shit at the end or whatever you know like it could be so much more routine right when it's uh it has you know different ideas it's like it's always moving forward i don't know how to how i'm i probably said the same thing multiple times but (laughs) (laughs) i don't know it's uh i like it (laughs) yeah uh and i i like the crap i don't know what the style would be some the kicking dude the guy who was just kicking all over the place and yeah the, the super end. kicker there at the yeah, end yeah yeah well, the uh i, I just kind of wanted to say kickboxing but that's probably not yeah well i mean maybe. it is it is kickboxing in terms <laughs> of uh like uh general kung fu uh in in chinese they're called boxers like mm-hmm. a, a person who does kung fu uh, and this guy is uh, focusing on his kicks, so he's a kickboxer. Yeah. <laughs> Might as well. Yeah, I think of them as super kickers, and I don't know <laughs> if that's like the proper term, but when I was a teenager, that's what they were called, and I don't know where I got that term from, but that's what everybody called them, and Jackie seemed to fight a lot of them in mm. his movies. Yeah. And this guy, the the main guy that he fights at the end... Uh, is played by a member of the Jackie Chan stunt team, Ken Lowe, who's uh, a great kicker, as you've seen. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he does the, his classic sort of move where he, he does the splits while he's standing and he's like <laughs> still talking and shit. <laughs> he does that in a few movies. And uh, he's he's a, a well-known sort of character actor in Hong Kong. Shows up a lot in these Jackie movies, but... Uh, He's in a bunch of other stuff, too. Uh, but, yeah, he's fucking amazing. And especially that... <laughs> where he's fucking moving his leg around, trying to... Psych him out. Yeah, yeah, almost like a snake or something. Yeah, it's like, God dang, got some flexibility in that knee <laughs> joint so there. It's badass, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's uh, a lot of... Uh, we've mentioned this before with... Uh, Video games taken moves. Yeah, from, yeah, uh, I'm sure there's a lot of master yeah. and stuff like that. There's a lot more of that going on. Like, oh, there's that move. I've seen that move <laughs> yeah. in video games, and they're they're pulling it from here. And <laughs> yeah, I'm sure a lot of the stuff is coming from this movie. This is a a very popular film. Yeah, there's um, it was kind of there's there's one scene where it, his mom's throwing him the wine bottles. Yeah, and isn't stuff. that great? And, oh my god! And it that one reminds because. Jade Empire, a Bioware game, yeah, has a, a drunken style in it. Okay, and it, it and I'd always thought like, yeah, it's not that 
much of i mean you you kind of do the weird like stagger pose and yeah punch but there's only like a few moves in it it's like yeah it's pretty simple for a drunken boxing kind of a uh-huh. style but then i kind of realized watching this movie like, oh there's like when you do that style in jade empire you have to have the sidekick who throws you the wine bottles oh really so that you can oh, and you've shit. got like a drunk meter to like maintain <laughs> or else you fall oh, out of it or something it's like i played that but i don't remember that yeah stuff. so I, I remember like you had to have that guy on your team so he could throw you the bottles and you'd <laughs> spend the fight like trying to f- grab the bottles so you could drink yeah. them and keep going and oh, so i'm like wow. oh they got that like that, that ties more into things than i thought it's not just this hey we're gonna get drunk and punch somebody like oh, right. it's, actually, it's a little bit more involved in that yeah, yeah. that's funny it's actually i'm like oh seeing that scene just kind of immediately <laughs> made me think oh it's they got that from here maybe that that concept of yeah the guy just on the side throwing wine bottles at you yeah, which I would say for sure it comes from this. There's, I mean, there's other things where wine is being tossed or whatever, but not like this. To, like to this, fuel your drunken yeah, rage. No, this, this is the movie where that is like the thing, you know, like yeah. if you see it. Especially in that where I don't know how hardcore into Hong Kong movies those guys were, but clearly like they were into Chinese stuff because they right, a bunch right. of influence in that movie in that that game. But uh this is like t- like top level. Like most people if they're into Kung Fu movies from this time, like they've right, seen but, this movie. So this is the one to Yeah, them. like this is one of them. So I could see that being yeah being an influence yeah. and stuff. <clears throat> That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's a fucking great scene, though. She's throwing him the wine bottles. And that whole fight where he, he's... Because that's kind of a traditional sort of drunken fight where he's calling out the names in a similar way to he does in the first oh, one. Oh, yeah, yeah. And doing all the, the moves. and. Yeah, I was kind of thinking of that, and I don't think this movie specifically is, like, the only one at all. I think a lot of them do this, where they, they shout out the names of what yeah. move or stance or style they are, and... Right. That kind of made me think it was like something that's always been weird in fighting games, like a Street Fighter or something. Is is just like why? Why does he just shout out the name of his move? Like why does everybody shout the names of their moves oh, when yeah. they're doing them? And I, like Hadouken. Yeah. Or, <laughs> like whatever move name it is, they just shout it out as they do it. I was like, like why would somebody do that? That just makes no sense. But like watching, like for this movie is where it just clicked that yeah. it was like, yeah, they do. This is just a kind of a Hong Kong reference. It's, Guess, yeah, it's uh, very much a kung fu movie thing, like yoga flame, <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> yoga <just> fire, <laughs> all that shit. That, yeah, no, that that happens a lot in kung fu movies and wuxia movies where they're like, you know, like here's the fucking sword of the serpent and all those kinds of shit like that, where they're talking about their styles and yelling shit out right, as right. they're fighting. Yeah, for sure. I never and really thought of it in terms of Street Fighter in that way, but yeah. Yeah, for for some reason it just my brain made that connection watching yeah, this movie sure. when in that scene where he was just shouting all the names of his poses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does Which, a similar thing in the first movie, but yeah, uh and yeah, he, in this movie I I feel like it's uh more I don't know, done more iconically or something like that. Yeah, it's more and, memorable. And this couldn't have been the movie that Street Fighter got the idea from because you said this was 94. I think Street Fighter was like 91 or 92 yeah, or something. Yeah, so that's definitely like 92 so, or something like that. Yeah. So it wasn't this movie that it got the idea, but it just is 
Yeah, well, it's definitely one of a many thing. instances in. Yeah, I mean, it's in, a thing in. I know I've in just the Kung other Fu stuff movies. we've watched for the podcast. I've seen people do that. Right. Just for some reason, today it clicked that. Yeah, yeah. There's a similarity and connection. Yeah, there. that's funny. That's funny. <laughs> I never really thought about Street Fighter like that. Yeah. <laughs> But they do shout their names. And pretty much everybody shouts their fucking moves and shit. Yeah, at least in Street Fighter, like everybody does. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the other other fucking names. Tiger uppercut. Yeah. <laughs> and Guile with his broken. Oh yeah, like boom. <laughs> like somersault. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Everybody talks in that fucking mm. game. Uh, what a fucking game, man. Street Fighter 2, goddamn. <laughs> That's a good goddamn game. Shit. Yeah, I think I think that does it more than uh, most of the other fighting games I've played in terms of just shouting out names of yeah. attacks. Yeah, I'm trying to think of other games that shout out <clears throat> names now. Like, I don't... It's Soul Calibur seems like a game where they'd shout shit out, but I don't know that they shout yeah, out I, moves. Yeah, I don't think they would say the moves per se they would just be screaming and yeah i don't generalize yeah shouts i just i i guess i'm thinking of the announcer more you know yeah yeah the announcer (laughs) and soul calibre games is very prominent what's that fucking voldo is there a guy yeah voldo voldo versus cervantes (laughs) i fucking love that yeah (laughs) that announcer is so cool I want to say Mai from King of Fighters says a lot of weird crap. I don't know if she's saying the names of her moves or what, but yeah, she, I don't know King of very, Fighters well enough. She she's a very vocal character that uh, yeah sounds like she's spewing entire like monologues in the battle when you <laughs> she's talking Japanese. Yeah, it's all in Japanese, so I'm not sure. Yeah, you don't know what, what she's, she's saying, saying all yeah. the time, but. Because like there's there's some moves she'll do. It's like you, you just said an entire sentence there. What the freaking hell? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know. It could be could be anything. Who knows what they're saying? Yeah. The, the only thing I know specifically that she says is her win quote is Nipponichi, which is number one in Japan. Or, uh, or okay. Japan is number one or something. Oh like that. yeah yeah yeah. Um, Ichiban, I know, is like a number one yeah, sort ich, of thing. Ichi so. is. One, or at least a kind of a root yeah. for the number one, and Nippon is the it's native Japan, word for yeah. Japan. So right, Japan right. is actually a Western word that was attached to the islands before we knew anybody who lived there. And oh, it was oh, just okay. if you, you go back to like, the, yeah, that was just the Japan, the in, the Western European word for those islands before they before we knew anything about it. Yeah, it was Weird. just that was if you go to like. Ancient maps actually spelled with a Z, so it's like Zapan or something. Zapan or something. Wow. So it's it's had its own evolution as oh, a word, wow. but yeah, it, it predates any real contact with Japan. Yeah. So it's. Uh, huh. I knew, but Nippon was their name for their own place. Right. But uh, I didn't know about the. Uh, that's how we got Japan. It's just some fucking some Europeans adding European, that shit yeah. on for no reason. That was just uh, huh. what, whatever, whoever the hell discovered the area or named it or whatever cartographer oh, wow. needed to he write just, that on a map. They, huh. I don't know where they got it from. It probably comes from something somewhere. Somehow, I'm sure, but, yeah. 
It just comes from some guy's me- memory or his mind. He just yeah. makes some shit up. Yeah, I don't know, just... Japan, right? It sounds about right. Mm-hmm. Just call it that. <laughs> Looks like a pan. I call it Japan. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably an Italian. Italians like to sail the world. Italians and the Spaniards. That seems like they were yeah. have the to... ones sailing around. I have to look that up now. See where that word actually came from. Ah, we don't. Have if to anybody look it up. has a goddamn clue where it even came from, <laughs> it might just be one of those words that I don't know. It ex- it exists. We got an older version of it. That's yeah. all we got. But who knows? Who's to say? But uh, yeah, I don't think they shatter anything in Virtue Fighter. Uh, that's more a little bit more realistic, and it's a little. Yeah, I think they're just more. Uh, Street Fighter is the main one to yeah. shout moves everywhere. God damn it, I love it when they <laughs> shout their fucking moves, man. I don't know when I was a kid and there's only yoga fire. I fucking love that. I thought that was so uh, cool. That's weird. You never liked it. You thought it was weird. I never minded that. That was fine, but <clears throat> I don't know the game itself. Just I mean, it's a fine game, but it was never like it never grabbed a hold of me the way you never liked street fighter 2 fuck that was a kid it was just kind of there oh, man and i'd play it but it was just like yeah wow okay all right <laughs> i see how it is now <laughs> no it makes sense i mean you weren't into like martial arts and stuff and not that that is like a super martial arts game but just no, like but i mean fighting but it in is general. I, like it is very based on martial like they the moves like at least with ryu and ken specifically is yeah like they took actual like fighting. I think Chun Li as well. They were yeah, fucking Haruk and. <laughs> but you know they took actual like no, the I know. punches and stuff. I know what were, you're saying. Yeah, they had taken that from actual martial arts stuff, not necessarily in any accurate way, but right. It was base based on that, and and yoga itself is uh, is at some level you know, you right. know about stretching and. <laughs> <laughs> right and I mean, not they, not not to the point of that but but uh, even that like the stretching of the of the the yoga guy comes from a a, a, a hong kong movie called master the flying guillotine there's an indian mm. character who does yoga fist and he stretch he actually stretches like like uh like dalsum and yeah. uh so yeah, at some point we'll watch that and you'll see like, oh shit, that's where that came from. <laughs> yeah, <hey. laughs> and that movie is actually a tournament movie where they're pitting oh, hey. people together. So there's uh, some some basis of Street yeah. Fighter and that kind of stuff on there. Yeah, there was actually um, there was some other fighting game that came out like shortly after Street Fighter got really popular. Yeah, and I forget what what it was, but Capcom actually like sued them for like. Oh really? It's like, oh, you're you're copying, oh. and Capcom lost, and part of it was the the argument was that well, the moves and all that stuff in Street Fighter is based on actual like martial arts. They they took like poses and yeah. actual specific punches and motions that real martial artists use. It's like we're just doing the same thing. We're not. Uh, you can't copyright okay. this thing. It's a public yeah. Kind of a like this is just I, martial yeah. arts, and so Capcom actually lost that argument even though it was oh, like wow. this total clone of street fighter but i wonder if it was sango fighter <laughs> sango fighter is fucking dope i don't know like it was this fucking uh like i don't know if it was ever on consoles i know it was on pc but it's a chinese game and it's basically like street fighter but the characters are more based on chinese like uh 
myths and and romance of the three kingdoms all those Mm. characters like guan yu big dude with this fucking spear sort of thing and those guys are all in it sango fighter it's fucking awesome we used to have it in the computer lab at at high school (laughs) but yeah it's like a kind of like a chinese street fighter knockoff so i wonder if uh if that's the game you're thinking of have to look that up anyway sango fighter that's a fucking dope game <laughs> i mean i haven't played it in 25 years but <laughs> i remember it being awesome <laughs> <laughs> if i go back to it like what is this shit Why did I like i'm it? sure i would still like it because it's just the nostalgia of sango right, fighter right. oh man yeah i don't know there's a lot of fighting games from that era but uh yeah, there's there's basis of real, you know, like sumo is a real thing, right, and, right. and Muay Thai, the Saget, oh, Saget yeah, yeah, character yeah. does Muay Thai and kickboxing, and Zangief was just basically pro wrestling. Yeah, kind of some stuff. kind like of like he did a lot Russian of, like, wrestler. Yeah. yeah, he did. He did a lot of just yeah, like traditional pile drivers yeah. and shit like that, and Blanca. You know, there's the <laughs> fucking <laughs> electric know, the whole, monsters. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're everywhere in <laughs> South America. Just... <laughs> God, I fucking love Street Fighter. Oh man, those those games are so fun. Like uh, I don't know, man. Like I I can understand, I guess, like not liking it as a kid if you're not into martial arts. But man, those games were so cool to know, me. It's just, I think, like <laughs> at the time, I just kind of thought, eh, just kind of yeah. I didn't really care for it. I, I think looking back at it now and what I tend to get attached to in games and what I like from stuff, I think it was just I didn't like any of the characters. Oh, man, but like, those characters are cool. Like, it's just for some... Like, I I have to, like, to really get into, like, a fighting game, there has to be, like, a character that I just get attached to. Yeah. And there was just, just nobody in Street Fighter 2 that I really was just like, oh, man. I want to be this guy. Like, I just don't care about any of the But, like, the actual... all of those characters are so strong. I mean, I can understand, like, okay, you don't like any of those characters, but I feel like all those characters are strong. Like, uh, I don't know. I mean... I don't know. I just went with Blanca because he's, <laughs> he's got that big fucking orange chest hair and he just did the lightning. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, then they added all those characters in Super Street Fighter, like the Bruce Lee guy and all yeah, that Yeah, and stuff. I kind of – I'm the Bruce Lee guy. I kind of like him. He's kind of yeah, cool. fun. Yeah, he's I'll fun. I'll use him. Um, Cammy, I kind of liked. Yeah, she's one of the added characters. Yeah, and th- those are the only two that I – would really use in street fighter 2 what about fucking t-hawk the <laughs> native american dude you know i <laughs> i liked him <laughs> i used him once and once not even in street fighter 2 i used him. it was like street fighter like four or something oh, where he okay. was in there i was just like ah, i've never used this guy he just kind of sits there man. like i'll try him out and i just like started mopping the floor with my feet i was like the fuck am i kicking ass with t-hawk for he's awesome like how am i better with him than other people i've used a whole but what the hell is going on man he's he's got the whole fucking legacy of the trail of tears like (laughs) he's taking that into every punch man he's awesome (laughs) i love i love street fighter like i i mean i i was never good at any fighting game so my love of any fighting game was always sort of tempered by that but Mm. man i just i always liked them they were always fun especially the like street fighter and 
I like the Marvel the Marvel versus games, yeah. Marvel versus Capcom on the Dreamcast and Yeah. And I I will say it's specifically like Street Fighter Two. Like yeah. The later Street Fighter games I started liking more. Yeah. And the like the characters in them, like in Street Fighter Three was when I suddenly went like, Oh shit, Chun Li's awesome in this game. Oh wow. And I'd never really liked her before. Street Fighter Three, like people don't like that game usually. Yeah, it's weird. like that's the one that actually made me like Street Fighter. Oh wow! It's like, and um, like Ryu and Ken, I never liked them until Street Fighter Three. Oh wow! Weird. Like, like Street Fighter Three, I was like, oh, they made Ryu and Ken cool now. Have you gone back and then liked them in part two? Yeah, I've gone back and they're still just kind of bleh in well, that game. What's the difference? I, they're basically just, the same people. Yeah, it's kind of like it's just I don't know. It's the animation, I think. Dude, the animation in part three is amazing. Exactly, like th- <laughs> that's what it is. It's just it's the animation. In yeah, that, in that game three. is really good animation. And for Chun Li specifically, they did actually change her up quite a bit oh, in the okay. third one. Like her her stances and her movement. Oh yeah, and all of that is like oh, I mean, if, if you just look at those two games side by side, it's just like it's night and day. There's just yeah. they're completely different in how she specifically is animated oh, okay. and what her move set is. I don't remember her on the third one really much at all. I'd have and to play it again. They've kind of kept her in the Street Fighter Three form ever since okay and so but, well it's all 3d yeah now, so yeah but i mean in her moves 3d version stuff, of, yeah, yeah it's like okay. all this all the games since then have kind of kept that move set and huh, okay. i've liked her a lot better since they did that and like yeah, the yeah. older games she was just kind of yeah oh man she's a girl but i mean other than that what have you got for me <laughs> <laughs> she had those i don't know those fucking cool kicks and stuff and um, the Alpha games did some... Alphas are cool, yeah. Yeah, like they, they made Saget cool. I never liked Saget in Street Fighter 2, but in Alpha, he's awesome. Yeah. Uh, same with Bison. He's just meh in Street Fighter 2, but in Alpha, he's awesome. Yeah. So it was just like... A lot of it was just the specific artistic style and representation yeah. of it in Street Fighter 2 just didn't... Yeah, I could understand that. I don't know. It just it just looks ugly to me. Yeah. But I get I get that. I get that. Especially if you didn't like it at the time and you're just like kind of going back to it. I could yeah. see and it so, I looking mean, weird. Yeah. And like going back to the gameplay, even in like basic Street Fighter 2, is really good. Like yeah, it's not, yeah, there's no f- real problems on that aspect. No, it was solid, just, yeah. I just don't, did, didn't get attached to any of the characters in yeah. a way that's like, I've got to have a character that I want to see kicking ass. And there was nobody that I was just like, oh, I really want to see Ryu kicking ass. It's just like, I mean, he's just a dude who's kicking ass. That's fine. I but. mean, I hear you and I understand that. But like, you never wanted to be E Honda and like fly across the screen <laughs> with that fucking sumo like flying thing that he does. I mean, that's pretty badass. <laughs> and the fucking hundred hands thing. <laughs> yeah, just it never, just never got to me. It was just like, eh. that's so badass, though. I don't know. I don't know. Street Fighter just didn't, <laughs> didn't get, didn't get me. Uh, Samurai Showdown got me a lot harder. Did you or, ever play it in the arcade though at all? Like when you were a kid? Um, Street Fighter. Yeah, no. Street Fighter. See, like when I was a but kid, I never played much of any of them in the arcades. Oh, fuck, man, the arcade is where it was at. Like, even though I was bad and it wasn't 
a good experience for me, like playing against people in the arcade. Like I always lost. <laughs> I didn't give a fuck. It was such an experience, like playing in the arcade, and it was such like a different vibe than just playing it at home. And especially if you if you like the I don't know what the fuck the Super Nintendo version or the Genesis version. Like I'm sure they were shitty <laughs> versions of it, but man, the, the playing in the arcade, like they had it. They had a a cabinet. I don't know if it was in the video store or in the pizza place next to the video store. I don't remember, but one of those places had Street Fighter 2 and so it was like you go to the video store, you play some Street Fighter 2 mm. and it was just I don't know, it was like part of that like cool time of the day when you'd go to the video <laughs> store, which was always like the best part of the day for me if I went to the video store, you know, cuz I'm all about the fucking movies and the video right. boxes and all this shit. Like it's still like I was telling you earlier like I still watch horror movies now, like based on like <laughs> I remember this box from the fucking video <laughs> store. I gotta watch this movie. <laughs> right, right. So like that time is very nostalgic to me, yeah. and Street Fighter Two is part of that. So yeah, yeah, yeah I get you. I I will say that from what I've heard, the Super Nintendo version of the Street Fighter are very good. Oh, okay. And yeah, I don't remember I know if I played that. From the one that I had was on the Genesis, and that was very good. Okay. And, and having played, like, the actual, like, arcade, yeah, undiluted ports of the arcade and going yeah, back yeah. to the Genesis one, it, it's... The gameplay Still holds good, up. yeah. Um, graphically, it's a little downgraded, but in terms of the oh, actual okay. gameplay, it's actually pretty spot on and pretty good from right what on. I remember of it. Right on. I have one on Saturn... Mm -hmm. That's like Street Fighter Collection or some shit. Mm. And it has like Alpha 1, Alpha 2, and then like all fucking Street Fighter 2s, every incarnation of it. Like original, oh, yeah. super, ultra, turbo, fucking, <laughs> you know, like, I, and it has it all in the one. It's like multiple discs. It's it's a cool Saturn collection. Um, probably rare at this point because yeah, all Saturn all things like are. Like anything Saturn is yeah. now. It's like getting anything but, uh, Saturn yeah. is a pain in the I ass. I still have it because it's awesome. It's like everything you could yeah. want. Street Fighter 2. <laughs> right, right. It's I, awesome. I imagine it's better than the PlayStation versions because... Fuck yeah, because PlayStation wasn't good at 2D. So Now, in general, what I've found is the Saturn is just better at 2D stuff than the PlayStation Yes, yeah. and that was like the reason why Saturn failed basically because people wanted more 3D right, stuff and but they were more focused on their 2D arcade hardware so they yeah they they rolled the dice and and lost but uh I I won cuz mm -hmm. I had a fucking you, you had Saturn, Saturn and <laughs> they did a lot of awesome shit on Saturn yeah mm. so you never had a Saturn right? I I never had a Saturn still to this I, day you don't have one I don't have one now. Oh, wow. I think I could probably... When I checked prices on it, I could probably buy one with all the cables and stuff for like 80 bucks, which... That's a, a lot, but it's not it, it's too lot, bad, but, I guess. Yeah, for for a console price tag, that's not uh, horrific. Well, I'll but. bust it out. I got one. I mean, we can, <laughs> we can bust mine out at some point. Uh, yeah, I don't know what I have yeah, left I, on the I Saturn, rolled the dice and lost because I did not get a Saturn. You had a regular PlayStation, yeah. I got a regular PlayStation. Well, most and, people. And looking back at all the regular PlayStation games I have and, yeah. and played, I'm like, eh, I, I would have been better with a Saturn, I think. I, I don't know. I don't I don't know what... Uh, you're into RPGs, so I don't I know what I was into RPGs. The, There's a lot on the PlayStation 1. But that's like kind of when 
RPGs, in my opinion, just kind of went... Just just started tanking. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know what was on Saturn, but uh, they probably had a few. They they did have a few. The only Saturn game I've ever played on a Saturn itself... I think I've played, like, a ports of a few Saturn games. Yeah. The only one I, the only time I ever actually played a Saturn was at a friend's house in high school who had a Saturn, oh. and he had one of the RPGs on it. it was a Shining something. One of the Shining games, yeah. yeah I never I'm, had any. I'm of those. not sure which one. Either Shining Wisdom or something, and Shining Saturn. I don't. Know. Yeah, Shining something. <laughs> shining something. And it, that one game made me wish I had a Saturn. I was oh, like, oh, fuck. I, should, I need a Saturn. This game is awesome. <laughs> and you never played it. You and just played that one. Part, I just played part. that one. Like He was oh, like already wow. like halfway through the game or whatever. And so he just let me try it out for like five minutes or something. I'm like, oh, oh this fuck. game is so cool. I wish I had this. And well, that game's very expensive. Cause oh, I'm sure. I feel like the RPGs are like the games that didn't sell as much. So they're more expensive. Right, right. But uh, yeah, well, if you, you know, ever get one. Get that copy of that game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got the Saturn. <laughs> I know. Uh, yeah, I know. Like Panzer Dragoon Saga is probably one of the most expensive games. Yeah. To, period. Like not just Saturn. I mean, just I I've, know. I should have kept mine. I, I had it. I, oh dang! I mean, yeah. I, I sold it and I made a lot of money, but but uh, I probably could have made more. Yeah, now. I <laughs> I looked it up on amazon a while yeah. ago and it was like the cheapest one was like 900 bucks holy fuck that much <laughs> like oh, i mean man. people are selling it and i don't know that they're actually selling it but they're oh, wow. they're offering they're it anyway wow. for like thousand dollar plus price tag holy on it. fuck well i and, sold it and it was like 200 or something like that i bought it for 75 and it was brand new like mm. right after it came out, but it was so they didn't print hardly any. Yeah, that's what, so what I like, hear. It just had a I had to really buy it from print. like a, a scalper <laughs> just to get it right when it came out, and then uh, I sold it for like 150 or 200 or something like that. So I felt good because I doubled my money, and yeah. uh, I got to play it and all that. But man, fucking 900, Jesus! I should have. Should have held on. Yeah, I don't know. I don't but know. I don't know what I bought with that money. I probably, I mean, at that time I needed money, so I was yeah. into like selling. I mean, I still do it now. I sell DVDs and stuff to make money, but I don't know. Yeah. Freaking Panzer Dragoon. Yeah. And apparently the source code is lost. Oh, so, so it's there's just like it's adios. Yeah, it's never it, gonna the discs come back. are the only. <laughs> <laughs> wow, it's like that's it, and it had a limited print run, so it's yeah. like this super super rare game. Wow, um, and that's it. They ain't coming back. Yeah, and it's, like, <laughs> it's a fucking good game too. It's I mean, sad. It's sad that. Uh, and yeah, the only way to reproduce it now is to just rip the discs. And, yeah, which can be done, but the problem with that with the Saturn is that you have to. You have to like solder some shit to actually make it play burn discs. So um, I'd heard someone actually cracked it without cracked the. Oh really? They cracked it now. It and, okay, well and, then and they can actually like you can you can hook it up to like uh, some kind of flash memory source. Oh okay, well that's a that's so a new development had, in the it, last fifteen years for it, me. It, it is. It was like <laughs> it, it, like I saw some weird thing on it. It was like it took almost like 30 years to do it or something like oh, wow. it just happened like a year or two ago oh somebody finally oh, figured wow. out how to do it it was oh, like wow. they were like holy shit we cry finally got the saturn to play wow like games without well, and i don't fuck. think it's it's not even playing uh copied discs it's like bypassing the disc drive entirely and oh okay so it's so it's solid just completely from uh, oh weird an outside memory source huh 
So, well, that's because cool. I still I, th- I yeah. think they still can't get it to play burned discs without oh wow completely wow. like like you say soldering it or yeah I mean it's it up, a, it's but. from what I understand it's a pretty easy thing you just go boop boop solder a couple of things and yeah. it's done I mean it's and scary because you could yeah, burn your shit up but. yeah because it's <laughs> I, it is scary but in the same reason like I've never done that with like a PlayStation or something because yeah. you're you're making a much more fragile system at that point. That can, right. And if that soldering gets fucked up, you can, you know, the game, the system just won't run, period, at that point. You right, kind of, right. Yeah, so it's... Well, yeah, Jasper rolled the dice and fucking soldered his Saturn, and he did it. <laughs> I don't know if it's still working, but, man, yeah. it, 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 he did it back in the day, and it worked, and, and he mm. was playing uh, all the fucking shooters that were too expensive to buy even back then. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I don't remember which, which were which and stuff back yeah. then, but I remember just... Like, he bought, he had all these, like, shooters that we could never get at the time. And it was like, oh, shit, you got that? And I was, like, playing it, like, uh, wow. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's kind of weird, because, like, the Saturn's copy protection was, like, so freaking good. Yeah. It took 20 years for somebody That's to crazy. figure out how yeah. to crack it. And, and they just said, fuck it on Dreamcast. Yeah, Dreamcast had none. <laughs> <laughs> like, they were just like, whatever. Yeah. I mean, you, had to, you have to burn this in a very specific way, which is not an like a, a consumer level easy thing to do you, right, you need to, some specific software for it specific but. software and you have to configure in a very specific way otherwise it doesn't work but uh once you get it going pretty much off to the races <laughs> right right <laughs> and it's and even though it's not like standard consumer level stuff if you hunt around the internet you'll find it and yeah you, yeah so it's if, if you want to get it done you can just get it done without any yeah. real cost other than the freaking cdr discs right which is nothing at this point yeah i remember back in the day when it first when burned guests for first like a thing you had to they came like in a fucking cd jewel case and you oh, had yeah, to buy yeah. like five to a pack and they were li- really expensive and then as it moved on it was just like yeah. here's a giant spindle yeah <laughs> for it's just like a price. spindle like 30 <laughs> discs that just don't even have cases they're just on a freaking hub right yeah so <laughs> like, yeah. there you go kind of reminds me of uh vhs tapes getting the blank tapes right yeah back then I, like oh god it cost so much money good old blank tapes so you always recorded at the shitty quality right so you could fit more on the tape and yeah yeah uh good old days of ep yeah <laughs> yeah all my hong kong movies are ep so i'm sure they look like fucking dog shit at this point <laughs> yeah. oh my god yeah i watched one nut I don't know, a few years ago, and it, it was all right. I could still watch it, and it was fine, but uh, I don't know about now. It's been a few years. Yeah. I still got a couple. <laughs> got some old anime dubs yeah. or something. Got, got, a, got a few. That's cool. Still on uh, old EP tape. Fuck yeah, <laughs> man. Shit, just sitting in the closet, hoping they still work. <laughs> They probably still work, at least at some level. Yeah, they might have gotten magnetized or something. Yeah, and the last time I tried watching one was a few years back, and it still, it still worked. All right. Well, so they're, they're blurry as shit, horrid, horrid quality. Yeah, no, that barely EP read the subtitles really goes on down. Them. Yeah. Um, but back in the day, I was just like, ah, they look fine. <laughs> right. <laughs> it wasn't even a problem. Well, I mean, it was you were just lucky to get whatever the fuck you could back then. So. Yeah. It was like my 
kung fu cult master with the oh, fucking yeah. swords going out of the widescreen it was such a shitty like so far down to the generation rabbit hole that like colors and shit were just going outside the widescreen oh man it was bleeding so hard <laughs> oh man Well, Drunken Master 2, yeah. <laughs> yeah, speaking of, back to the Hong Kong know. films. We're... Yeah, so do we have anything else? I mean, this movie is amazing. It's awesome. Um, do you have any specific thoughts about any of the the fights or any of the non-fights? or ah, just, Anything uh, like that? I think we kind of covered everything. It's fun. It's funny. Yeah, a, it do, it does kind of reference the poses from the first movie. Yeah, it doesn't really go into them. Well, in the same way that that that's the basis in real drunken boxing. So, like some mm-hmm. of those poses are things that are just part of the the art itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they are used yeah. in both movies. But you know, so. how, how he did like the whole like there were all the like the eight different yeah people or characters right. or whatever that they would use styles and stances. Right, right. I, I could kind of recognize like oh that was from but they aren't like going into oh this is this specific stance and you got to learn it cuz well that was the first movie there. Right. Yeah, he doesn't train in this movie this. at all. He's, so yeah, he's theoretically just, he's already learned it, yeah. So he's just using it and right. so I kind of like that aspect that it was just oh it's just there. It's a part of his thing cuz he just is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the training sequence is like such a, like almost like a, just a 70s thing. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, there's, I'm sure there's lots of 80s movies with training, but I don't know. I can't think of any modern movies that do training in the same way. It's just movies are so much different now. Just that, that classic traditional kung fu movie is just this just caught in time sort of yeah. thing. Uh but hey, they cranked out <laughs> like a thousand of them. Yeah, so. So they're still. <laughs> so. That's what it is. They're still not done <laughs> absorbing all of. Yeah, the, there's a lot of them. I mean, so yeah. Like how we made enough for this entire century, just right yeah. there in that decade. Soak it in a bit. There's no shortage of them for sure. They made enough to last a lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and the reason why Jackie wanted to do a movie like this kind of a throwback movie was because they weren't being made anymore so like mm. I've seen him in interviews where he talks about in like what he wanted to do in his movies where like okay everybody's making uh, like a modern day crime action movie so I want to make something that's completely different than that so I'll do this kind right. of movie. And so, like, and now everybody's doing a, a period wuxia. Like, I don't want to do a wuxia. I want to do this kind of movie. So, like, you know, he was always trying to go against type. And uh, specifically in the 90s, like, the 80s, he directed a bunch of his movies. And the mm-hmm. movies that he didn't direct basically were directed by Sammo Hung um, for the most part. And so they... Mm-hmm. We're just going back and forth making movies for each other. Seemed like they would make a good pairing. Yeah, they they went to school together, so they grew up together, and they made movies together during the 80s and sort of reshaped. Comedic approach to Kung Fu, so yes, it seems yes. like it would mesh well to have those two yeah, styles together. Their movies together are 
a fucking joy. <laughs> we will uh, watch we'll this at some them. point <laughs> for sure. Yeah, and uh, but then in the '90s, Jackie sort of stopped directing his own movies. He stopped working with Sammo Hung um, for the most part, and he started working with all these other directors that had like their own style. So like Lau Karlung is totally his own director. Mm-hmm. And so I see that nineties as being like Jackie sort of, uh, being reshaped through the, the eyes of a new director. And so like he goes mm-hmm. through all these like Hong Kong directors that have their own sort of vision for Jackie and sort of, he takes his own style and grafts it onto their style. And so you get all these odd sort of almost experimental (laughs) movies where he's trying to like push Hong Kong movies forward. And so his movies don't feel like other Hong Kong movies in a way, Um, especially as he, after Drunken Master 2, almost all of his movies were shot in English in Hong Kong, like, and, each movie after Drunken Master 2 is more and more and more and more and more English. Mm-hmm. So, like, the amount of Cantonese just gets less with each movie as he's trying to sort of internationalize his stardom mm. and uh, eventually to break into the U.S., which he eventually did. Right. But, like, his whole thing was kind of yeah, like yeah you know, I, moving I towards that. Notice there was a lot of English in this of so just people y- There's a little English. bit, yeah, yeah. Of, I like just one random soldier guy just going, bullshit! <laughs> yes, that's a good one, yeah. Get that that fucking British guy. Bullshit! <laughs> yeah, yeah, you get a little bit here, but I mean, like, the next movie that he made, I believe, is Rumble in the Bronx, and that movie is supposed to be set in New York, mm. so it's, like, probably half and half, huh. and then the movie after that, it's probably like 60 40 and then it's 75 25 and then it's like you get to the point where it's like 90 10 <laughs> there's hardly any cantonese anymore and then he started making u.s movies because at that point the those half english movies were coming out in the u.s and being uh, fully dubbed into english which is mm. like they just dubbed the English with more English and then the rest of the Cantonese with English and then they were popular and then eventually made Rush Hour which uh, cemented him as a sort of a Hong Kong Hollywood crossover star so he I see he's kind of like a he's got a big ego (laughs) like uh, he, he conquered Asia in the 80s and then in the 90s he sort of tried to, to become the international global star and yeah. then eventually did by the end of the 90s and so now like he makes he still makes movies where he like they're almost like movies that he shouldn't be making because he's not necessarily because he's too old but just like he, in order to make the movie they have to use green screen or mm. a lot of doubling to like make it because Jackie just can't do shit like that but he's still trying to make the same level of movies right. <laughs> and it's just like if he if he had the 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 thought like I should step back and sort of foster the next generation and be like a director choreographer or something like that instead of just trying to be in front of the camera all the time 
you know, yeah. if he could let go of that that star ego a little bit. But so far, he's uh, still in movies, and yeah. I still watch him. So what can I say? <laughs> yeah, so, but like Arnold and Stallone is kind of that. Yeah, yeah, they st- it going. yeah they still keep it going, and that's uh, yeah that's kind of. Yeah, Stallone's fucking pumped up. He's about to shoot R- Rambo 5. He, we talked about it, and then, like, literally a few days later, he started <laughs> posting all these fucking workout videos and all this shit, like, I'm pumping up for fucking Rambo. <laughs> Dang. And so, yeah, I mean, he's jacked. He's fucking, like, he looks better than he's ever looked, and he's he's old. You know, I yeah. don't know. I don't remember how old he is, but he's probably, like, 70 or some yeah. shit. It was old in the freaking Expendables movie. Yeah. Those are years gone now. Right. No, yeah, Stallone's a cool guy. Like, like Jackie is a, like, during the 80s, he directed, wrote his own movies, choreographed his own movies, and, like, he was very much, like, a a fully formed fucking filmmaker, and uh, he doesn't get the credit for being, like, a director like he knows what the fuck he's doing and so yeah. it always bothers me when he makes movies in the u.s and he gets some shitty director and it's just like man jackie is so much better of a director than fucking whoever the fuck is making this shitty u.s movie like fuck man he should be telling them how to fucking make a movie <laughs> <laughs> and uh stallone is similarly a very good filmmaker and a writer and uh and yeah, he he's... kind of gave himself back this older career like nobody would cast him and so then he directed and wrote the the Rambo 4 and the Rocky 6 mm-hmm. and the first Expendables movie he wrote and directed that one as well and uh I think he wrote all of the other Expendables too yeah so yeah he's fucking awesome Arnold's just a, pretty much an actor, but <laughs> <laughs> but he's just Arnold. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's just he's he gets by. He did he directed one Tales from the Crypt episode. Oh, and that's I believe no, he directed a a, a fucking Christmas movie. That's right. I, I I reviewed it. Fuck, I don't remember what it's called, but uh, I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> I actually liked it, and I don't yeah. remember what it's called. But it's uh, Chris Christopherson and, uh, fuck, I can't remember the, the, the female lead. But uh, the, she's like a TV chef or something. And they have some sort of Christmas thing going on. And Arnold was the director on that. Hmm. And it didn't do well. It wasn't a well-liked movie. But I remember when I reviewed it, I was pleasantly surprised. Huh. <laughs> uh, like, I want to say Home for the Holidays, but I don't think that's right. I think it's called something else. But anyway. I don't know. Um, I just feel like we're like like Drunken Master Two is such a fucking great movie that there's more to say about the actual movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, yeah, like, but I don't whole, know. Like, yeah, I don't. Know, I guess there was the whole ginseng poison thing where they yeah, were, yeah, the, the fucking, which was kind of like, oh dang, you're just gonna give this guy this poison shit just cause. Well, they didn't know that it was poison. It was it was only revealed later, yeah. That like, because Wang Qiying is like, oh fuck, you gave that guy poison. Like, what the fuck? And because they they come to him and they're like, what the fuck are you doing, giving him this poison? 
but I don't think that they did it maliciously or anything, you know. Yeah, they were. Wong Feng's just a mischievous, and he's like, hey, this looks like ginseng, fuck it. (laughs) (laughs) Send it out. Because they thought they would get it before and try to switch it back, but... Mm. Okay, I'm, I think I kind of missed that part of the plan. Yeah, they, they gave it to him, and then they were like, okay, we told him don't take it for three days because he has to, okay. like, you have to dry it out. It's still wet, so don't take it for three days, and then we're going to, like, within those three days, try to get the ginseng back. But then okay. I think within, like, two days, the guy, they came back, and they were like, oh, fuck, he's supposed to wait three days. And, like, fuck, we didn't even have a full three days to try to get the ginseng. So, yeah. no worries if you missed it. Yeah. <laughs> I've uh, seen this about a bazillion <laughs> times. <laughs> so. Whether that was just me not getting it or the subtitles being illegible at points. Some of them are illegible. I, you know, that was part of uh, watching it. I thought, uh, I thought, oh, this is good for Steven to get the real flavor of <laughs> watching a Hong Kong movie in the 90s. And this is how it was. And this is even better quality than it usually was. But, yeah, uh, yeah. but the, the, the subtitles being completely white so that when any if it's over a white background white, it just you're just fucked you're yeah. fucked and you hoped that the shot changed to something dark before the subtitle went away so you could catch a right, little glimpse right. maybe pause it so you can <laughs> yeah yeah and also the the stacked subs of the chinese with yeah yeah with the, yeah, it was uh, a little uh <clears throat> yeah it was definitely uh, harder to keep track of Oh, really? You think? Yeah. Just because it's stacked or just because um, just it's the, white? Just the white. Yeah. Just the whole f- formatting of it just right, in right. general was just uh, yeah. a little less <laughs> uh, clean and functional. Yeah, well, that's just the way it was back in the yeah. day. So I was glad to give you that yeah, experience. That. And we'll probably hit one of those movies yeah, again at some again. point. Yeah, um, yeah it's, it's actually what like newer anime releases use... <clears throat> they have a white font, but with a black border. Right. Yeah. And I've never liked that. Oh, really? Because <clears throat> the like in the '90s and going on, they had a yellow font with a black border. Yeah. And that showed up against like anything. Yeah, like the yellow were, is good. Yeah. And then when and more recently, they just suddenly started using white, and I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? That is less visible. <laughs> like it. Right. It doesn't stand out as well. And. But still, know. with the black, I mean, you can pretty much see it. Yeah, I mean, it, you you can see it, but it's just not. I don't know. It just doesn't stand out as well yeah. as the older yellow with black. The yellow definitely stands up better for yeah. sure. And it was just suddenly that white showed up, and I was like, "What? This is harder to read than the yellow. Why did you switch? You had it <laughs> nailed. What have you?" <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't. I haven't seen yellow subs in a long time. Yeah, that's mm. kind of, that's a rare thing these days. Yeah, so I don't know what happened there, but uh, yeah, hmm. I'm sure one of my older DVDs have the yellow and yeah, yeah. So you will see it at see it at some, at some point. point. Yeah, right. And it's, I yeah, I remember the old DVDs of the Killer and Hard Boiled. The old US DVDs of those were yellow mm. subs, and I think the VHSs, which were also put out by the same company. Um, Fox Lorber, which no longer exists. I believe those VHSs were yellow subs as well, if I remember right. Mm. <sighs> little, little factoids from my teenage watching of Hong Kong movies. Yeah. I wanted to say that 
movies in Hong Kong, if you see them theatrically, um, are still the stacked subs, but now they have a black border behind them. So, like, mm. <laughs> you can actually read them, but right, it's still right. the stacked subs because Cantonese is the Hong Kong language, but s- some movies are in Mandarin, or if you're a Mandarin speaker that's visiting Hong Kong, you see a movie, you still have the subs to right. watch it, and so it just <coughs> covers the bases for uh, anybody watching the, the yeah. movie. So yeah, it's just just the way it is. They still subtitle still in English still, even though it's uh, yeah. even though it's yeah. still uh, it's now it's under the rule of China. But hmm. I'm I'm a little worried because the it'll start phasing out. Yeah, they China in the agreement for the handover, they agreed that Hong Kong would keep its capitalist society and everything that it been building in Hong Kong for at least the 50 years. They guaranteed it for 50 years. So mm. so 97 to 2047. So mm-hmm. it, and in 2047 they may go fully communist. They may be imposed communist and then you may see things completely change <laughs> mm. and not get mm. fucking mm. Uh, subs or Cantonese dialogue in movies made in Hong Kong and yeah. all kinds of stuff you don't mm. know that's why if you if you watch modern Hong Kong movies there's a lot of like stuff about 2046 the year before the uh-uh. the, the shift and 20 you know they, they're they're worried about it as they should be yeah if they yeah. were if they're living in Hong Kong I mean who knows what's gonna happen all right so oh. yeah but uh, most of the Hong Kong industry is kind of dead anyway. But there's still some great Hong Kong filmmakers trying to keep the torch alive for Cantonese cinema. Yeah. <clears throat> but mm. uh, all the money is basically in in Shanghai and Beijing for those oh, uh, yeah, yeah. mainland films so and they're all stuff like that. Co-productions and. Yeah, co-productions are just totally mainland productions, and even Sammo Hung, like he's he's coming back to filmmaking after a long time. He he directed a movie a few years, a couple of years ago now, and then he created a a new company that to produce movies, and he's supposed to make a new Lucky Stars movie, which is a series of movies that he made with Jackie in the eighties, um, Jackie and a whole bunch of other uh, Hong Kong comedians. Um, and so he was going to make a new, or he is shooting, or what has shot, or whatever. It's not out yet, but right. they're making a new Lucky Stars movie. But it's going to be like half mainland China people because it's a co-production. And and anyway, his comp- his new company to produce films is like in Beijing or Shanghai or one of those places where all the money is now. So even Sammo Hung is like <laughs> one of the great pillars of of Hong Kong cinema. Is is you know. Working with, uh, you know, working in mainland China now because yeah. it's just where they the end of an era. Yeah, it's it's sad. There's still a few filmmakers making Hong Kong movies that I enjoy, like Jeff Lau and Wong Jing and yeah, Herman Yao. <laughs> these guys <laughs> that holding the torch up. Yeah, but uh, most of it's gone. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of makes me wonder if uh, 
all of those old movies are going to vanish when it's possible I, I've had that thought like yeah because I, I I don't get the feeling that Hong Kong is doing a lot with film preservation they're not but they're better than they used to be and they are mm. trying to like preserve some things like a lot of the the Jackie Chan movies are getting scans mm. like 4k scans um, and so they're starting to trickle out like the police stories are the first right. ones to come out but but the same UK company Eureka has licensed the two Project A movies, City Hunter. Uh, fuck, I think there's more. They they they're coming out with the the four Jet Li Once Upon a Time in China movies, and all have brand new scans from negatives. And hmm. so there's some some movement forward, <laughs> but yeah. it's a very slow. And yeah, Hong Kong has a very damp climate so like negatives mm, yeah, just yeah. deteriorate if they're not stored properly and um i don't know there's a like i mean movies are lost uh yeah uh, there's a filmmaker wong kar wai who's like a international sort of darling of oh right 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 <laughs> of people that, and i love him he's great but yeah, uh, i have heard of him he's awesome mm -hmm. he has a couple movies in criterion you know he's at mm. that level where people who watch movies who don't watch Hong Kong movies know who he is. Anyway, he made a wuxia movie called Ashes of Time. And at some point, like, that movie is 94. Same year as Drunken Master. Mm -hmm. And at some point, maybe 2004, 2005, somewhere in there, it's only been 10 years since the movie was made. Wong Kar Wai got a call from the place where they're storing the negative and they're like okay so this place just went bankrupt we got to move all the shit out as soon as we can and there was like a massive fucking leak so everything is like completely fucking damaged <laughs> so Ugh. so like he was faced with this proposition of of all of the negative of ashes of time was completely fucked so he had to immediately try to rescue what he could of the negative but the only way to do it is to completely recut the movie and because it was damaged so much the entire soundtrack all of the audio for the score and all that shit was just completely lost mm. and it was all like faded so he had to create a new version, basically, to save the movie from being lost to obscurity. And so he made this redo version that's like all these amped up colors because mm. it's just what he had to do. Mm. And a completely, completely new score and a new edit of the movie. And when it came out, I thought like, oh, he's just being a George Lucas making a new version of the movie. But then later I learned... Like, oh, fuck, that's just what he had to do to save this movie. Mm. And so now, unfortunately, that version is the, the only version that's available. I have a DVD, an old DVD of the original version, oh, okay. which is far superior in my eyes because it's mm. like the new version feels like a 2005 sort of movie because the score is very orchestral and it feels like, like uh, that era. Mm. But the... The 94 score is very 90s, and to me, like, that 
is so integral to that movie because mm-hmm. I love music and like the way that that music fits with that movie is like the way it's got to be. So I've seen them both and like I will never watch <laughs> the new version. I don't give a fuck how shitty my old DVD looks. <laughs> that's the one I'm gonna watch. So if we ever watch that, <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> that's, that's what you're gonna see. <laughs> oh, that's that's good. I'd, I'd like to. And yeah. if it's on a DVD, it can't be that bad of quality. It's not too bad. No, it's not too bad. And it's got to be at least as good as a VHS would have been. Yeah, it's about that level. It's about that level. And so, yeah, it's perfectly fine. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I grew up with VHS. I'm fine. I don't need to. Yeah, yeah. Go back to the 90s. It's fine. Yeah, no, it honestly looks fine to me. Yeah. But, uh it's a shame that it will never look better because yeah, it's a yeah, beautiful yeah. movie and it really could like there's parts of the of the new version where you see like oh this is what it could look like um i don't know why the i don't like the colors being so like it's like you just turned up the fucking <laughs> the saturation and it doesn't right. I, I don't like it but but you see at some level what a nice version could look like and you sort of uh fuck but you got what you got, I guess. Got, yeah, I mean, at least I have an old copy yeah, of the DVD. At least, at least that version exists in some form. It does on out-of-print DVDs, so it's still out there. So, yeah. I mean, the, the files exist. Right, the, it's available. That version right. is preserved. It will be preserved by the bootleggers. <laughs> <laughs> That's one thing about bootleg with Hong Kong movies. It's like, yeah, you're not. You're not gonna. So much Hong Kong movies have been saved by bootlegging, like yeah. <laughs> that. Just, just the shit is not gonna come back into circulation. So yeah, it's kind of. I mean, but that... I have a legitimate DVD at this point. Yeah, but... yeah, and it's kind of like video games sometimes get that way too. Like we were just talking about Panzer Dragoon. And right, right. Being, like bootlegging is the only way that's gonna keep that game. Yeah, that game in, is just, in existence. Yeah. That's especially if this guy cracked the Saturn. Now it's like, well, people can play Panzer Dragoon Saga, so that's yeah. cool. Yeah, that's and cool. I hope people play it and they enjoy it because it's. I remember it being a very fun game. Yeah, it's a, certainly one I've wanted to play. Yeah, so well, you don't have a Saturn, so no, that, that, the first <laughs> step has yet to be accomplished. But yeah, but I don't I, know. I've got. That's the problem. Is there's so much just. Stuff. Right, right. Well, I have the Saturn, so if they f- if it's something where you just hook up an external hard drive or something, I mean, theoretically, it, it could happen. Yeah, I think it's something like that. Yeah, well, we'll have to look into that. Yeah, I, I, I just heard about it and went, wow, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> something to file away for the future in yeah. 20 years when I actually get a friggin' Saturn or whatever it takes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the thing about Drunken Master I wanted to say... This is the first Jackie Chan movie that you've seen that has an end credit Jackie Chan song. Oh. And uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but uh, did you notice the, the end credit song at all? Did you pay attention? No, not really. Uh, it's a great song. I, I can I don't specifically, I mean, it was there and it was playing. And it right, was right, like, right. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's the end credits, yay. But you didn't but specifically no, notice it or anything. No. Uh, well, in in the period of the 80s and the 90s Jackie would would uh would sing a theme song for the movie and it would play over the end credits the police story one is a big a big favorite of mine and this drunken master 2 song is one mm. of my favorites as well 
And uh, well, so uh, yeah, I don't know if I don't think they kept it on the U.S. release too, which is a, a sad state of affairs mm. because the Jackie uh, Chan theme song is one of my they favorite. They replaced it with Kung Fu Fighting, probably. <laughs> fucking a, you know, probably. Uh, I don't know. No, but, I was I was too mesmerized by the the, the outtakes, outtakes yeah. and the credits. Yeah, this is probably like, your first outtakes like, oh, of Jackie. Yeah. yeah. I've I've seen not with Jackie, but I've seen another movie that did that in the end credits, having the outtakes. Yeah. So seeing that here, I was like, oh, hey, there's another Hong Kong tradition of some sort. Yeah, well, it's a Jackie tradition, uh, which he got from uh, when he first tried to break into the U.S. and he was in the Cannonball Run, and the Cannonball Run showed a bunch of outtakes at the end, and he thought hey, that's a great idea. And so then when he came back to Hong Kong and made his next movie, his next movie has outtakes. And I don't remember what the next movie is, but it's like Dragon Lord or Project A. One of those movies is the, the next one after Cannibal Run. And, and so that one is the first one in Hong Kong to, that has outtakes. And I don't think anybody in Hong Kong did outtakes before that. Mm. I think that's like a totally a Jackie thing. Well, cool. Um and yeah, his outtakes are always fun because you see all the dangerous shit. <laughs> like right, you right. see him fucking up, or like yeah, you see him walking around with like five guys with fire extinguishers right. suddenly run up, just <laughs> blasting him, <laughs> and he's all like, "Wow!" <laughs> or you see him getting like almost like the one part where he's rolling out of the way of the barrel. Oh yeah, it just lands right and on it him. Just he's like, fucking, oh. like lands right on him. Yeah, those are those are gnarly stunts too, where he just. Yeah. One one second too slow, and that right. barrel's on your ass. Oh man! Let you really see just how just fucking crazy the stunts can be sometimes. Yeah, and all that choreography being where it's multiple things happening in one shot, where like you gotta have that crackerjack timing fucking on every mo- movement every motion yeah from yeah. the the guy dropping the barrel to jackie moving to the other guys and all of that shit coming together at once with the camera yeah, and yeah. just all of that is like action movies as a whole get a bad rap for being like oh they're just action movies whatever you know it's like comedies never win oscars or whatever you know it's the same kind of thing but man it's it's a sophisticated level of filmmaking yeah, yeah those the I mean, he like drops the bamboo pole and he like runs around and then you're like oh, right yeah yeah then, but then the entire other team is still jumping up they're the stairs they going. don't know yeah, that, that right. they're still like oh we're going and doing this thing <laughs> yeah yeah I love those moments where like one thing is wrong and he's like oh fuck <laughs> but things are, you can still see the train rolling yeah yeah well I'm glad you enjoyed Drunken Master too yeah, I would I mean. It, it, I would be very surprised if you didn't enjoy Drunken Master too. It's a hard movie not to enjoy, I think. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one to enjoy, for sure. So I guess uh, I guess that's it. You got any final thoughts on Drunken Master Two? Um, the bubbles are fun. The bubbles are fun. <laughs> yeah. I know you see that outtake where he's trying to blow the bubble. Right. <laughs> and the one where he blows like 50 on his yeah. <laughs> like, um, like, That's a little much. Uh, yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah. Such a good movie. The From the, the 
the classic kung fu battles to the crazy Jackie ending. That yeah. fucking end is so good. <laughs> so fucking good. I mean, everything is so good. The whole thing is so good. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I guess we'll leave it on that. Uh, I'll leave you with the, the the Chinese proverb from the movie, water floats, but also capsizes boats. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's written on his fan right, right. at the end there. And uh, so until next time, adios. See ya.